Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Hebrews chapter number three, Hebrews chapter number three. Let's remember our service tonight, be gathering here for prayer at six o'clock and then 630 service. We're going to have a tremendous time in the Lord. Hebrews chapter number three and I will begin reading with verse eight. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Then I want you to notice verse 15, while it is said, today. Everybody say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. And then in verse 7 of chapter 4, we see these similar words used again. Again, he limited limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts. Today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts. Seems like this warning is there three times in this short passage of the book of Hebrews. And so I want to preach this morning, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. Would you lift up your hands and your voices once again with me and let's pray together. The Lord would help us right now. We need the touch of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God, the anointing to flow in this place and His perfect will to be accomplished here over the next few moments. God, we need You. We're hungry for You. We desire You. We realize that without You, we can do nothing. And I'm praying, God, that You would help us today and You would bless in this service. Bless Your Word of the hearts of every person that is in this place. Strengthen us, O God. Strengthen us, O God, through your word in the name of the Lord. We thank you for it. Could you once again give praise to the Lord before you're seated? Come on, give praise to him. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Recently, I I read an article about a young boy that was born. His name was Steele Smith. And uh, he was born, he looked and acted as far as his motor skills and the appearance was concerned uh, as an ordinary child. But uh, there were some things that were going on internally that the doctors did not see initially. It was his heart. He had a very rare disease that was causing his heart to become calcified and literally it was hardening over time 
by uh, his fourth birthday, uh, they noticed that this was a very critical situation and his heart was literally becoming encased with calcium. And then three days before his sixth birthday, he passed away, and it was just a few days before Christmas. And as I begin to read uh, this particular article and how touching it was, uh, I begin to think of this scripture that I read to you here this morning and think that this child may well have been the only child that was able to go to heaven with a hard heart. Three times in the book of Hebrews, almost, almost one right after another in sequence, the writer warns us about the hardening of the heart. What is this thing that we call the heart? God's word has a different view of man's heart than a typical medical school would train doctors to view it. Your heart is all you've got. Can I say it that way? To get you to heaven. There's no other vehicle. There's no other means. There's no other method to safely transfer you from this world to glory. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5 and 8. Romans 10 and 10 says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. There is no other thing that can do it for you, but it is your heart. For with the heart man believeth. Man believeth unto righteousness. This is why the scripture tells us in the book of Proverbs to keep our hearts with all diligence. For in it flows all the issues of life. So it's telling us to guard it. It's telling us to keep it. It's telling us to protect it. It's telling us as saints of God to take care of it. The setting of this particular scripture, the Hebrews, uh, if, you, if you begin to read the book of Hebrews, you'll find that if it could be distilled into just one word to describe it, it would be the word better. Matter of fact, it, all through this, this text, you'll find the word better used over and over and over again. It's talking about a better way. It's talking about a better, a better way to live for God. The new covenant being better than the old covenant. The New Testament salvation being better than the Old Testament. The new sacrifice being better than the old sacrifice. The old way of worship not being as good as the new way of worshiping God because of Calvary. All of this was made possible. So, so the book of Hebrews is all about better things, a better life, a better way of living for God. And then he slips into this narration about a time in the wilderness when the people provoked God. This day of provo provocation was when uh, the people came to Meribah and that water there, that place of embitterment, and they demanded water to be drank at this place. And they spoke out and murmured against God and against his man Moses. And the scripture tells us that this provoked God. 
And then it speaks about the day of temptation when Israel was, instead of trusting God, began to uh, become dissatisfied with God, begin to complain about being brought out into the wilderness, begin to complain that they had it better when they were in Egypt. And the result of this, of these two things, the provocation and the day of temptation, was that Israel's heart became hardened against the promises of God. I tell you, when we begin to doubt God, and when we begin to speak that doubt, and when we become dissatisfied with the place we are in God, and we fail to trust Him, it's very easy at that point for our heart to become hardened. And it's important for you and I to keep a tender heart towards God. God wants our hearts to be tender towards Him. The only way that God can speak to me, the only way that God can communicate with me, the only way that God uh, can, can touch me is through the medium of my heart. I have to have a tender heart towards God. David, a man after God's own heart, the scripture says, I begin to observe him and study him. And what was it that gave him this title of being a man after God's own heart. The scripture says in Psalms 23, and we all know it, that he said, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. You see, as a shepherd, David learned some things about his sheep. And that was the fact that they trust in their shepherd. And they lean upon their shepherd. And they are obedient to their shepherd's voice. And this was an attitude that David adapted in his own life. He said, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness because innate within me is a sinful desire. Innate within me is a sinful nature. And the only way that I can be righteous before God is not depending on the voices of this world, not depending upon my own internal GPS, if I could say it that way not depending upon my own consciousness and my own ability and wisdom and understanding to make decisions. But I've got to have God to lead me in the paths of righteousness. If I'm going to be saved, I've got to depend upon him for every decision and every choice. If I'm going to be saved, I've got to have, a voice. I've got to have ears that are open to the voice of God. I've got to be able to hear from him. I've got to be sensitive to him. And it seems that this attitude was passed on to his son Solomon initially. We know that Solomon's end was not good, but initially we see the humility of Solomon at the dedication of his temple in 1 Kings 8 and 6. The scripture says, Let your heart therefore be perfect, with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep all his commandments. In other words, Solomon is fulfilling the same attitude and the same principle that his father followed. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Amen. And so he says, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord. How? Can my heart 
be perfect with the Lord. I'm an imperfect man. How can my heart be perfect with the Lord? That is to walk in his statutes and in all of his commandments to keep them and to walk carefully as he leads me, as he instructs me. I've got to be able to hear from God. I've got to have a heart that is open to receive from God. I've got to have a heart that is tender towards God. And the scripture talks about another son of David generations later by the name of Jesus Christ who said, My sheep hear my voice. So we're understanding now the importance of my heart being open to the voice of God. It was a writer that said, open the eyes of my heart. Now that seems like a contradiction. We don't understand if we look at that through physical reasoning how that could possibly happen. How does my heart have eyes that can see? Well, you've got to understand he's talking about more than just that pump that is centered in your chest, that that pumps blood throughout your body. He is talking about something more significant than that. He's talking about how God views the heart. And he's saying you have to have a heart that is open, a heart that can be directed, a heart that is sensitive, a heart that is malleable, a heart that is pliable to the presence of God. Open the eyes of my heart that I can see your will, that I, God, can see where you're leading me and directing me. Can I, can I preach to you this morning? I, I can think of nothing more important than the condition, the spiritual condition of our hearts here this morning. And when I address our hearts, I'm talking about and warning against the, the hardening of our hearts. Nothing worse that could happen to an individual than their heart to be hardened to the voice of God. Able to hear the voice of the Lord is one of the greatest attributes that you could ever have. That's right. And we know that God speaks to us in different ways. Now, I believe that his method of choice is that he anoints a preacher to stand in a pulpit and to open the scripture and expound upon them through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And that is his method of speaking to us. And the Bible says it's he has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. So as we receive the preaching of the word of the Lord, it's helping us to be saved according to the word of God. That's one of the ways that God speaks to us. And all of us in this building have had occasions where the preacher didn't know our circumstances. The man in the pulpit could have no way known what we were going through at that moment or maybe even prayers that we had prayed before God or how desperate we were at that moment for a word from God. But he stepped to that desk and through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he was able to specifically speak to the needs of our life. That's an awesome thing and that is a powerful thing that happens and that's the way that God chooses many times to speak to his people. I always want to have an ear that can hear what thus saith the word of the Lord through the preaching of God's word. He also speaks through 
His written word. And that's why we need to have a relationship with our Bible. Amen. Why it's important for us to read the word of God. As we read it, God speaks to us. And you may have read it several times, but this word is alive. And when you read over it again, God speaks to you at that moment. Maybe there's something that you never have seen before in the scripture that is illuminated on the page. And it stands out to you. And it speaks to you in a different way than you've ever had it to speak to you in the past. That's how God speaks through his word. God speaks to us through situations sometimes because we are stubborn in our self-will and because we will not hear uh, his choice method of using the preacher to preach to us and maybe we are not taking the time to read his word. God can speak to us through circumstances of life. He can make conditions so that we will hear the voice of God. Amen. I've seen more than one time God allow certain circumstances in the lives of people so that he could turn them towards him. I remember several years ago, uh, a dear family member of mine was going through a tragic time in her life. And I remember remarking to my wife, I said, this situation, this trial that she is going through is God's way of turning her back towards him. And, and if she will respond correctly, she'll be closer to the Lord after this is all over with than she was before. But if she doesn't respond as she needs to in this situation, she could very well be further from the Lord than when she began. It's important that we acknowledge that God may be trying to get my attention. God may be trying to speak to me. God may be shaking me and causing me to realize that, that he wants a place in my heart. He wants a place in my world. and He wants to be enthroned in my life. And, and maybe there's other things that's been crowding him out of late. And God's trying to get my attention and, and help me to refocus my life and reprioritize some of the things in my life so that I will make him number one again. God uses circumstances and situations to get a hold of us and to speak to us. But it's all through him being able to touch our heart and our heart being sensitive enough to feel that touch and to respond to it. God, help me to be sensitive to you. Like that Shulamite woman in the Songs of Solomon who said, I sleep, but my heart is awake. What was she saying? She was saying, I may physically be weary, but my heart's still sensitive to the voice, to the voice of the one I love. Amen. To the voice of the one that I need. Can I preach to you here this morning? You may be going through a storm, but keep your heart awake and attuned to what God is saying because it may be that he's wanting to speak to you. It may be that he's wanting to talk to you. Amen. You may be walking through hard times and you feel like he seems like he's a thousand miles away. You may be weary with some of the pressure and stress that is upon you right now, but keep your 
eye may be asleep, but she said, my heart is awake. I'm always open to you to speak to me. I'm always open for you to be able to talk to my heart. God, keep my heart awake. Don't let my heart go to sleep. Don't let my heart ever get to the place that it cannot be touched, that it cannot be moved upon, that it cannot be sensitive to the voice of God. I don't want my heart to be hardened. We can harden our hearts. Scripture says six times that Pharaoh or rather, concerning Pharaoh, that God hardened his heart six times. But it says seven times that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Six times God hardened his heart, but seven times he hardened his own heart. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that more times than not, we're the ones that harden our hearts towards God. Through doubt, through unbelief, through lack of obedience, through murmuring and speaking doubt and talking our way out of a miracle, through the inability to hear the voice of God or the unwillingness, the unwillingness to hear the voice of God. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Nabal and his very name says all you need to know. His name means a fool, a fool. But there's one little phrase that is said in describing Nabal that struck a chord with me, and that is that he is not a man that a man can speak to. He is not a man that a man can speak to. In other words, he's irrational. You can't reason with him. You can't convince him. He's too stubborn to hear. He's too hard. And so in 1 Samuel 25 and 37, it says his heart died within him and he became as stone, talking about Nabal. This was a man that a man could not speak to. This was a man that a preacher could not get to. This was a man that a preacher could not reason with. This was somebody... This is somebody that shrugged it off when the preacher came with a warning. This is a man that was not touched and moved by the words, the anointed words of a prophet. And the writer says, if any man will hear my voice and harden not your hearts. Listening, listening to the voice of God has a way of softening, softening our hearts towards him. It has a way of, of helping us. Amen. If I can hear him today, then, then whatever he wants to speak to me tonight, I'll be more receptive to it. And, and then when, when tomorrow comes, I'll be, you know, I can't wait until I'm in the midst of a crisis to try to hear from God. I can't wait until the winds are howling and the waves are tossing and my ship's about to sink before I start listening for the voice of God. I've got to be able to hear him now in this present time. I've got to be able when nothing, maybe the seas are calm, and maybe there is no storm and maybe life is going good. I want to be able through the softness and the tenderness of my heart to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Speak to me. 
education and government and policies and philosophy and legislation, none of these things will improve the condition of a person's heart. Only the voice of God. Only the voice of God. I remember hearing a story several years ago about well-known evangelist that was preaching for Brother Pugh when he pastored in Port Arthur. And uh, the evangelist come across one night preaching pretty strong and there was some people that kind of got their feathers ruffled and, and uh, the evangelist went to Brother Pugh and he said, well, I, I hope I, I didn't hurt you with that particular family. Brother Pugh, he looked at him and he said, you know, he said, you can't hurt them. And that kind of shocked him, surprised him. And then he went on to say, but he said, you probably can't help them either. Why did he say that? It's because their heart was not in a condition to receive the word of God. I want my heart to be open. I want my heart to be yielded. I want my heart to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. It's dangerous to let my heart get hard. It's dangerous to let my heart become insensitive. It's dangerous to let my heart get to the place that it's not easily moved. It's dangerous for me when God begins to move into a church service and his presence begins to flow for me to be preoccupied with something else. That's dangerous because at every, every service where that happens, my heart just becomes a little harder towards the presence of God. In every visitation that God shows up in a church service, we need to be sensitive enough to feel after that and respond to that and hear that voice and be obedient to whatever it is that the Lord is endeavoring to lead us into. Because I believe every service, you, you know sometimes the only time we really focus in is when we've got a problem, when we have a need, when we've got a situation, when we've got a prayer request. But I'm going to tell you every service is critical to your spiritual health. Every service, this service is critical to somebody's spiritual health. Every time we come into the house of God, it's here that I'm receiving the things that is going to promote me in the next week and, and help me to progress through my spiritual life. The things that are going to bless me that I need, amen, to, to fortify me against the attacks of the enemy, I'm going to receive right here in the house of God. That's why it's so important that I have a heart that is open to the voice of God. Would you lift up your hands with me and let's pray together right now. Come on, let's talk to the Lord for a moment. I want somebody to ask the Lord, God, don't let my heart get hard. Let my heart be tender before you, God. I've talked to you about a time in antiquity back in the Old Testament when people hardened their hearts. 
But that was not just those folks back there that had the propensity to do that. But I look all the way back in the book of Revelation. I look towards the future. And the Bible said in the book of Revelation chapter 16, and the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. And this next verse causes me to shudder. And repented not for their deeds. And repented not for their deeds. That's hard. Here they were in tribulation. Here they were vials of wrath being poured out. Here they were in pain and sores and disease that is rampant. And the Bible said even with all of that, they repented not for their deeds. That pretty much describes America today, doesn't it? Writhing because of the pressures and the outcomes of decisions that are made in sin. And yet they repent not their deeds God I don't ever want to get that hard I don't ever want to be that stubborn towards your spirit God help me to have a heart that is open to you that can receive from you Jeremiah talked about a, a dark day for the people of God he said were they ashamed when they had committed abomination nay they were not at all ashamed Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they say, we will not walk therein. Also, I've set a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they say, We will not hearken. Abominations, sin, decadence, immorality. It didn't even bring a blush to their face. It didn't bother them. It didn't disturb them. When they looked at the sins and took an appraisal of all the things that they were involved in, and cause them to want to respond and hearken to the voice of God. God help me when the trumpet sounds. And you know what that trumpet represents there is the voice of a preacher and a man of God, a watchman, a man that is standing on the wall of your life. When that trumpet sounds, I want to have an ear that can hear. Help it not to be muffled by worldliness and help it not to be shut out by all the distractions of this world, but help me some way to be sensitive to the voice of God. I come with a burdened heart this morning. Don't let your heart be hardened. Don't ever allow yourself to get to the place that you cannot hear the voice of God but help me to be tender to you Jesus help me to be tender towards you help me to be easily moved and easily touched and easily stirred would you once again pray with me 
Come on, would you once again really pray with me? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, would, would somebody lift up their voice to God? Help me not to become calloused, unstirred, unmoved, untouched. But help me, God. Would you stand with me right now? Everybody's sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Everybody's sensitive to God. Everybody's sensitive to the touch of God in this place. He said, if you'd hear my voice and harden not your hearts. I'm reminded of that scripture when Jesus looked down and He told those that were about the cross, he said, don't weep for me. He said, but weep for your children. Somebody ought to weep because of the sins of America. Somebody ought to just cry out to God with a loud voice here this morning. Say, God, I don't ever want to get comfortable with this old world and the shape that's in and the direction that it's headed. God, but help me to be stirred. Help me to be stirred. How long has it been since you've been really stirred before God? It's going to be a different service tonight. And I don't mean to be heavy here this morning, but I just, I couldn't help it. I feel it in my spirit. I'm warning somebody. I'm trying to stop somebody that's headed down a wrong road of allowing your heart by degrees to get harder and harder. Service after service that you're able to ward off conviction. You're able to withstand the move of God. You're able to say, not today, not now. You don't realize what you're doing. You probably don't realize what's happening but a little bit at a time, your heart's getting harder. God, help us to be as Ezekiel prophesied, to have hearts that have been replaced by spiritual transformation with hearts that are soft, hearts that are malleable, hearts that can be touched, hearts that can be stirred, hearts that can be moved upon. God, don't let me repeat the mistakes. People, thousands of years ago, when you was trying to speak to them, they hardened their hearts. God, help me to have a voice that can speak to me. Help me not to be a man that a man cannot speak to. But God, I got to be saved. I got to be saved. I need you desperately in my life. Come on, let's talk to the Lord, church. Let's reach out to God right now. God is moving in this house. God is ministering to needs in this place this morning. God is 
working in people's hearts. Would you come to this altar? Would you come? Let's find us a place and let's, let's spend time with the Lord today. God, stir my heart, stir my heart, stir my heart. Awaken my heart, God. Move upon my heart, God. Challenge my heart, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be sensitive to you. Thank you, Lord. Let there be prayers that would go up from this house. Let somebody reach out to the Lord with all of their heart right now. God will hear you if you'll pray. God will respond to you if you'll pray. God will work in your life if you'll just pray. If you'll just turn your face towards him. If you'll just seek after him. Hallelujah.